Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what's new in research, what's hot in the news, or anything that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. So, what do high blood pressure, high blood sugar, gallbladder problems, obesity, especially with weight gain around the waist, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, kidney disease, cholesterol, advanced aging, many different types of cancer, and Alzheimer's disease, what do these all have in common? Drumroll, insulin resistance. It is the biggest contributor to all the preventable common chronic diseases that can steal your health and wealth. All preventable. And every year you live, your risk increases if you don't make changes. So I have to say, I am a personal expert in insulin resistance. It's what I developed as a child that paved my way for ill health when I was young, and what I have worked to recover from it ever since. I'm an expert because I was the unfortunate canary in the mine shaft who had to figure it out if I wanted to have a good, long, healthy life. So in today's show, I'm going to talk about, number one, what insulin resistance is, number two, symptoms of insulin resistance, number three, what you can do if you think you have it, and how you control it over your lifetime. Because once you have it, and it's thought to maybe half of us do, I think more, you're never cured. You can only reverse it, recover from it, and put it into remission, like I did when I was 22, before science had a clue of what it was. There was some interesting research pointing the way, but I had to figure it out for myself almost 45 years ago. And then number four, finally, I'm going to tell you about this little gizmo that I've been wearing for the last two weeks. It's called a continuous glucose monitor, a CGM. And that is testing the response to different foods minute by minute. I mean, you can really get good control when you understand. It's been a fascinating couple of weeks. Some of the results I expected, some were kind of a nice surprise. So first of all, what is insulin resistance? When we eat carbohydrates, the sugar in those carbs are released into our bloodstream And that food, the insulin, then is released by the pancreas to bring blood sugar down. It kind of works like a key that unlocks the cell so that the sugar can get into the cell and give it good energy. You know, a good thing, up to a point. But if there's too much sugar from too many carbs, especially the wrong kinds, the cells stop listening to insulin. Blood sugar stays a little higher than it should, so the pancreas keeps sending out more and more insulin in an attempt to get rid of the excess sugar. Another way to say it is that when your diet is too full of quickly absorbed sugars and carbs, even from whole grain bread, muffins, pasta, rice, potatoes, any juice, milk, sweets, treats, candies, desserts, fast food, Your body can't handle so much of it. So your body slowly stops being 
sensitive and it becomes resistant to the effects of insulin. So you need more and more insulin to do the same job to bring the blood sugar down. It's kind of like how we stop ignoring things that irritate us. So you can measure blood insulin levels, which we can do, and it probably should be part of your regular blood work because high levels precede type 2 diabetes, which is epidemic these days. You know, it, it precedes it by decades. So when you get your levels done, don't go for normal. You're asking for what is normal for sick people. Go for optimal. Optimal fasting insulin levels are going to be about four or five. This means you're not creating a high demand for insulin. Your body is producing insulin at optimal levels. Levels higher than eight definitely are indicating some degree of insulin resistance. And you don't want to be there. You don't want that. We want optimal for prevention of chronic disease. At least 50% of adults in America have abnormal blood sugar levels and or insulin resistance. I think it's higher. Research shows that with prediabetes, more than 84% of those people don't even know they have it. So if you don't get blood work done, there are still symptoms that can clue you into some problems. So symptoms of insulin resistance may include some of the same ones we think about for metabolic syndrome. And if you don't know what that is, it's like raising blood glucose. And I'm watchful for anything that gets in the high 90s. You know, you're, you're kind of dancing with problems there. High triglycerides, low HDL, high blood pressure, problems with blood clotting, or as well as just plain old noisy inflammation. Many symptoms were, for me, mine were low blood sugar when I was a teenager, hypoglycemia. Back then, doctors only thought diabetics could get low blood sugar. And this leads to craving of carbohydrates. Oh, I was such a carb addict. Pasta, bread, sugar, sweets, treats, potatoes, chips, soft, mushy food. Man, I used to skip school to go to Butler's Bakery. Admittedly, I was pretty bad. So then you had an uncontrolled appetite because high insulin levels are going to make you hungry and keep you storing fat. Not your fault. It's just hormones out of control. Acne, weight gain, especially around the waistline, that is a big red flag. If your waistline's spreading, be careful. And some of us are just more predisposed to waistline, you know, the apple. And then women, as, as we hit that menopause, that's where your body wants to store it, around the organs, not on the hips. So age is going to be a factor there too. And then another symptom is fatigue, especially after eating, because energy is not getting into the cells. Maybe dizziness. Maybe you're feeling shaky or weak. Maybe you have afternoon headaches. Maybe you need to eat frequently for energy. You're always feeling like you've got to have a snack. And sometimes craving caffeine isn't a clue for needing that energy. Hormone imbalances like mine, PCOS, that's a huge one. Or later on, if you've had it for a while, start getting those skin tags around the neck and armpits. And 
it can trigger, I mean, if you've got stress and anxiety, some of those symptoms are the same thing as blood sugar irregularities. And maybe you think you're an emotional eater. Okay, so of course, weight gain, weight loss resistance, because insulin is a fat storage hormone. Higher your insulin goes, the more your body wants to store fat. Ask anyone who's been put on insulin. They gain weight, and especially right around the waistline, the worst for your health. So yes, insulin resistance means weight loss resistance. You know, so these clues can be picked up decades before you ever have anything that's going to be showing up, you know. So that gives you a chance to really prevent many of these problems entirely. And one of the cool things about prevention, you never know what it is you're preventing because you never get it, even if you've been predisposed to it. You know, really the diseases we see today are so many metabolic diseases, how we eat and how we live. Our genes have not changed. They're the same they were thousands of years ago. We are seeing these problems today because of how we're eating, how we're living. So if you want to lose weight, keep it off. Increase your metabolism. Prevent or reverse a lot of these conditions. You need to know how to reduce your insulin levels. So, you know, you can see it's not your fault, and you were definitely not alone. It's not about willpower or lack of effort. It's about controlling those hormones and getting a strategy to balance them. It's not about starving yourself. It's about choosing the right foods to eat that satisfy you and don't drive your appetite. So, what should you eat? What other factors affect insulin? Starting with the easy ones. Or maybe not so easy. Sleep. Sleep is really important. We've talked about that on so many of these shows. If you don't sleep well, research proves it's going to drive you to cravings and create insulin resistance. So sleep is fundamental. Next thing, stress reduction, stress control. Stress drives high blood sugar. And and it does this for a really good reason. You need to have higher blood sugar to your muscles and to your brain so you can be ready for an emergency. You need to think fast. You need to be able to run from, from a whatever, a saber-toothed tiger, whatever. We're bo- our bodies are really designed to deal well with stress. The body works hard to keep you alert and alive during emergencies. But we aren't supposed to be in emergencies all the time. And in our stressed environment today, it's burning out our reserves. So number one, poor sleep. Number two, high stress. All of these on their own are going to raise blood sugar levels. You know, I know different times I have been under a lot of stress. My blood sugar has been higher than I want it to be. And so that made me realize I got to watch things. So then number three, exercise. Exercise impacts blood sugar so much. It can help your cells take up the sugars and burn it. So also it makes you more sensitive to the insulin. That's why we've always told diabetics for decades that if they eat more carbs than they should, holiday dinner, whatever, they need to go for a long, brisk walk. It really helps. One of the most important things you can do is get up and move 
regularly, 20, 30 minutes a day, do it, okay? Now, number four, oh, the best diet, same thing I always talk about. First of all, you have to have adequate, clean, healthy protein. And we're talking about a gram per kilogram of body weight. And research shows that the older we get, really the more protein we need so we don't have muscle wasting. You know, if you're getting older and you notice your waistline's expanding, you know, get a little more protein in. One thing about protein that anyone who's tried this is going to tell you, it's going to keep you satisfied for a long time. So you don't feel like eating all the time. If you have carbs because of that insulin, you're going to be hungrier. You know, if you notice, if you eat pizza at night, next morning, you're hungry. You want to eat. So adequate protein. We're talking about four ounces or the palm, size of the palm of your hand at each meal. Then good healthy fat, a little bit at each meal. Avocado, olive oil, nuts, butter, coconut oil. Good oils build healthy cell membranes. Bad oils harm the membranes. And then finally, the carbs, the real thing we need to hone in on for insulin resistance. Lots of veggies, the fibrous ones, not the starchy ones, not the potatoes, things like that. And maybe even more fiber in your diet because that slowly releases the blood sugar into your bloodstream. Okay, maybe a couple fruits, but you got to be careful with fruits and never juice. Those sugars from juice You know, they just go screaming into your bloodstream. And when it comes to starches, beans, legumes, grains, breads, bagels, crackers, muffins, or things like hummus, quinoa, you know, we're all different. We really need to individualize and listen to your body. One size diet doesn't fit everybody. We're all different. We really need to individualize and listen to your body. Everybody's different. And you need to know your body to reverse insulin resistance. That is why I I did the glucose monitor. They are amazing. These monitors really help you personalize your diet. Some people are going to be more sensitive to others. You know, some of us have an environment because our environment, how we've lived and eaten, the antibiotics we've taken, other things. So best tools, exercise, weight training, aerobics, especially the HIIT training, stress management, and diet. So now, let's talk about that continuous glucose monitor that I wore for a couple weeks. It's a little disc you wear, usually on the back of your arm, and it constantly measures your blood sugar. You know, I didn't even think about it. And it is so superior to having to prick your fingers several times a day and test your blood sugar. You don't know. You're always chasing your blood sugar. When you monitor every minute... This allows you almost instant analysis so you know what your body is doing in response to the food you just ate. So important. Oh my gosh, when I eat this, this happens, so I better not do that, or at least not very often. And my results, you know, to some of the challenges I did, that's why I want to do it. Because over the last 45 years through trial and error, I've figured out the best diet for me. And it's pretty low sugar and starch to keep me the healthiest, but I wanted to prove it, document it. So I threw in foods that I never eat. I started out a few days to get a baseline, eating the way I know is good for me. And I ran in the 80s and 90s and nice 20-point gentle rise for meals. No snacking, because every time you eat, you bump insulin. 
I did notice that when I was mentally active, under more stressed, excited, it got a little bit higher. And if I didn't sleep enough, it was also a little bit higher. I exercised regularly, so I didn't notice much there. But then came some interesting tests, you know. I, I started with bread, the bane of someone with insulin resistance and my teenage vice. So I challenged my blood sugar with bread, butter, and, jo- and jelly. Holy macaroni, it jumped to 157 faster than you can ar- imagine. I wanted more and more. I was really hungry. Huh. Test prove it. Next, gummy vitamins. I think it's nuts. We add sugar into something that we're supposed to be doing that's good for us, that's addictive sugar. How crazy is that? Two gummies spiked me to 140 on an empty stomach. Five potato chips, 140. Deep fried chicken nuggets with cheese sauce, 150 and stayed high too long. You got the flour coating. You got the high fat that keeps you... Hummus and veggies kept me a little higher than I liked. And pizza. Oh, boy. I was cautious here. Two bites or like a half a slice kept me at about 120. But a whole slice jumped it to 145. What if I'd eaten two or three slices? I hate to think about it. Then the last one. I I was really interested. I really wanted to test the Mexican meal. Who doesn't love Mexican, you know? But I know flour, beans, and rice will pack weight on me faster than you can say Jack Robinson. So this day, I did have a super active day. And that's going to make you handle carbs better. Um, You know, I'd run four miles and I'd worked in the yard all morning. And I noticed that what I thought would be a real challenge, chicken fajita, which, you know, admittedly, it's a healthier choice. You got the salad, the guacamole, the pico, but I had chips, you know, and of course that salsa is good. Um, What was going to happen? You know, you got the feta with the chicken and the peppers and the onions. That's all good. I probably ate a third cup of the beans and cheese and maybe a third of the fajita. And I had a glass of Merlot, which is a dry wine. All pretty good choices, but I was really wary because, you know, the beans and the chips and, you know, but to my surprise, no big spike. It was really good. Gentle rise, no spike, gentle fall. You know, that that is important to know how your body is going to respond. And it's a combination of so many things. The other foods in the meal, what you start with the environment, your stress, your sleep, the exercise your day. I am so glad I did that trial and I recommend it for anybody. So if you want to fine tune your diet, get a real handle on your blood sugar and insulin levels, you know, like you say, if you don't test, you don't know. It took me years to figure out and reverse my insulin resistance through a lot of trial and error. But if I would have had this, oh gosh, what a shortcut. You know, the more we learn, about what it takes to prevent and reverse chronic disease, live a long, wonderful, healthy, vital life. We know you got to have stable blood sugar and insulin sensitivity is crucial. It's the most important thing we can do. So if you want to know more, if you want a great diet for insulin resistance to start with, I'm going to post it on my website, debford.com, as soon as I can. Thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope you learned something will help you or someone you love. 
As always, have a great day, and remember to take really good care of your body. It's the only place you live.